If you're enjoying the show so far, please consider helping by supporting our show. Although never expected, any support for our show enables us to keep bringing the audiobook club to your ears. Hello and welcome to the Audiobook Club. In this episode, I'm joined by the fantastic award-winning audiobook narrator and voiceover artist Tom Jordan. Tom, thank you so much for joining me on the show. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me, John. Oh, it's a pleasure. Uh, it's really great to talk to you today. Um, I really can't wait to get into all of this with you. Um, and I was looking on your website earlier, um, a really great website, by the way. Um, and I read that you've been doing voiceover work for 25 years. Is that correct? Yeah, probably closer to 30. Maybe I should update that. I started back <laughs> in the early 90s. Um, but, you know, it's not been it's not been straight 30 years either. It's been, uh, you know, I've stopped and had a family and, you know, things yeah. things happened along the way. But um, um, I started 30 years ago. Somebody just, you know, friend of a friend is kind of how things worked. I always thought broadcasting would be fun. Um, I was talking to somebody about it, and they said, well, listen, I work for this company that does CBT, which was computer-based training back in the day, and we're having some computer-based training stuff done, and if you come into the voiceover studio, maybe you'd like to voice some of these things. Your voice would be great for it, and I, I did, and I sat in on this stuff, and they were hiring union work back then, and I was non-union, of course, because I'd never done anything like that before, yeah. but I sat in on it, and at the end of the session, not knowing anything about union or non-union or what it was going to pay... But I was I was poor and I was living in a little apartment that in, in in Southern California that just cost me a fortune day, you know, month to month, basically living um, paycheck to paycheck. And the guy was like, OK, well, here's your paycheck for today. And it was seven hundred and ten dollars or something. I guess union rate back in the day was like seven hundred dollars an hour. Yeah. And I was just stunned. I was like, oh, wow, this is what this is all about. You know, so I got mm -hmm. two more sessions out of them for that. And, um, and I, well, I, I got the bug because not only was it easy and fun, and I, of course I had to drive to Burbank for that, but from Long Beach, which was about, you know, an hour and a half each way or something with traffic, but yeah. still I was like, oh, this is really cool. So that's how I kind of got the voice acting bug. I mean, it was all about the money at the time, but, um, <laughs> but then, it, you know, then it, and that kind of died out and it wasn't the beginning of a great fruitful career because, um, you know, but I did, I did kind of get the feeling that there's a, you can make a lot of money in a little amount of time. Um, but back in the day before the internet, which this was, um, there wasn't a lot of opportunity to do auditions any other way than to just drive around and do the auditions or yeah. there was no emailing auditions to any place. So it was a lot of legwork and a lot of driving in my little Volkswagen bug back and forth to LA um, to do auditions. And now you can do, you know, dozens of them a day from the comfort of your home, um, you know, and you've been able to do that for 20 years, but back then you couldn't. So a lot of driving around to do auditions that you just weren't getting the jobs for. So yeah. I kind of let that go for a while until the internet allowed you to do auditions that way. And then I started getting back into it a little bit in the early 2000s. And then podcasting happened, and I did that. Um, I was kind of an early adopter of that, 2006. Yeah. I did several podcasts. Didn't make any money with those, but I liked being behind the microphone and had a lot of fun. Um, and my wife and I had like a couple cast going. We did about 50 episodes of that. And that was really neat nice. too. We still have those saved because those were an hour to 90 minutes long of just us talking about our lives and the, as the kids were growing up. And that lasted for a couple of years, you know, just kind of stretched out over that amount of time. That was neat to have kind of looking back at that part of our lives. And then... Um, then I kind of let it go for a little while. Then about six years ago, I started getting into it again. Again, after the kids were grown up to the point where I had a little bit more time, and I thought, I'm going to get back into voiceover. So I did. Yeah. And the voiceover led to 
my, I found a mentor who was doing audiobooks, and he said, you should really think about audiobooks. That scared the heck out of me because these are long-form <laughs> things that yeah. that are just, oh, you know, wow, well, you know what this is like, John, because you do them too. And it's just, that was just, that was so intimidating to me. But um, he said, yeah, just give it a try. And so I, I put my profile up on ACX and... Mm-hmm. You know, I'm giving my full my full bio here, so I'm, no, that's I'm, exactly what that's, I was. Is that what you wanted? Okay, yeah, good. yeah, yeah. You know, you just turn me on, and just, there's no off switch here. So, um, <laughs> but anyway, so I was I put my bio up, I put my um, my samples up on ACX after. Of course, I, in the meantime, I had, I had gotten coaching, I had gone through a lot of coaching, I had demos made for voiceover, and so and I had experience before. So this was not just coming out of nowhere and suddenly yeah, becoming an audiobook narrator. I had I had the uh, yeah. I put the legwork in and the time and effort and a lot of coaching done. So, um, so I did that and, and within three days, and this doesn't happen to everybody, but I found that there was a new author that had just put some books up and they were sweet historical romances. And, um, her name is Barbara Goss and she'll probably be happy that I mentioned her name because she's still out there writing. Um, and so she hired me for a series and, um, and so I did a few books for her and I did the same thing that all new narrators do. I, 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 I gave myself too tight a deadlines for them. I made, I, I decided I was going to do one a month. And of course, with a full-time day job that pays the yeah. mortgage, I didn't, I was stressed to the hilt. And in fact, in the first couple months, I got in a car accident because I was so stressed that I wasn't oh, thinking really? what I was doing. Yeah. It wasn't a bad one, but it was enough to just spend some money getting my car fixed. Yeah. Um, and uh, just because I was, I was doing all the wrong things. I, I made my deadlines too tight. And I didn't realize at the time that you can really work with the authors, the rights holders to mm. stretch those deadlines out. And, mm. and that this is a, this is a relationship that you have with, with the authors um, that you can, you can work on deadlines and that type of thing. So that's what I ended up doing. Um, um, and it worked out great. Then from then on, it's just a matter of, you know, and as you, as you've, I'm sure found out too, you, you make relationships with authors that end up getting series for you and, Pretty soon, you don't have to be hunting around on on ACX and some of the other platforms for work. That the the work just tends to come to you. You find that either authors mm-hmm. talk to other authors, or they they enter into a series that you just start to get work that kind of flows your way. So, that's that's the really long answer to your very no. simple. Question. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was a perfect answer. I I, I agree completely. I mean, um, on a you know from my experience, um, you know, ninety percent of my work has come from essentially just networking and then there um you know some i might do a book for um an author and then their their friend gets in touch and then their friend gets in touch and um right. you know that can lead on to you know dozens and dozens of titles um in the end right. um yeah so i, I definitely agree yeah. with that so just going right back to the start again with the so you say that you were you sort of offered gigs right at the start because of your voice was there like no performance history before then prior to then did you have like no. a, an interest in acting or broadcasting or anything like that before then or was it uh you fell into it and said this is super fun and you want to explore so yeah so i was one of these i was one of these kids that um that always carried a cassette recorder and a microphone around with me so back in the yeah. let's go back to 1975 right i was 10 years old and i had a microphone and a little radio shack cassette deck with me and i was walking around doing interviews to people some of whom i didn't even know or it was just within my own household and bugging my parents or my friends or whatever and yeah. i would do funny voices and so i started out doing skits and stuff like that mm-hmm. my buddies um, um, two of them in particular were into making films, so um, so I acted in the films, and I was always the the actor, and and I I 
did filmmaking as well. Got into college. I was a film major in college. Uh, I also took acting classes in college too, but yeah. acting wasn't wasn't the main thing. My my friends who were in film as well used me as the actor in their films. So, um, I. That's why I don't teach performance um, mm -hmm. right now. When I do any kind of consulting at all, I do the business side of audiobook and voiceover consulting. I don't do the acting part of it. Mm -hmm. I'm somebody who's got a natural propensity for acting. I've kind of got a natural propensity for characters mm -hmm. and that type of thing. I can break in and out of characters, and I've always been able to do that because I've been doing it since I was like eight years old of just coming up with various voices and stuff like that. And that's kind yeah. of what's always been part of me, um, thus the microphone and doing all the silly skits throughout forever. Um, and that's just the kind of geeky kid I was, uh, but it turned out, it turned out okay. Right. Cause it, yeah. it turned out to be, you know, what was this all about? You know? And, oh, this yeah. is what it's all about. It's about me being able to come in and out of voices, you know, sometimes eight or 10 of them in a room in an audio book in a fiction audiobook, like I was this morning can yeah. confounded by how many characters there were in a room, but still being able to break out all the voices going, oh, that's where the, somebody this morning, I was doing a live TikTok, and they said, um, is this pre-recorded? How are you getting all the voices? I said, no, it's not pre-recorded. And somebody else chimed in and said, no, be quiet. He's, he's working. So, um, <laughs> It was just kind of funny. Um, so anyway, so that's kind of where it came from. I've got a natural propensity for acting like somebody that might be able to draw or somebody that might be able to play the piano can play the piano without a lot of lessons. But that's also why I don't teach because people that are really good at acting, that have taken a lot of acting, have the theory down of how to act and they can teach the theory of how to act. And that's what I don't have inside of me. Um, even though I've taken acting classes and improv mm -hmm. classes and stuff like that, I don't have, that's why I don't touch that. I leave that to the professionals yeah. that want to teach acting. So, um, but I do, I teach the business side because I've, I've had a lot of hard knocks through the years as far as learning, and I like to teach people my mistakes and what not to do, um, and the easier way of getting around some of um, some of those to to a more streamlined path to success. So, yeah. um, hopefully that answers your question there. No, so it's, it's just it. more more than anything else, just kind of being a natural class clown and and making voices and doing all those other things that kind of led to oh, this is what I can do with that. You know? So when do you so having that sort of in your repertoire in your in your DNA as it were. Do you mm -hmm. think when you um, eventually then moved from, or not moved, but then added as an addition um, audiobook work, do you think that was perhaps what sort of attracted you to it in the long run, or at least um, sort of allowed you to stick with it long term and consistently, that idea of playing around with the characters and getting that sort of excitement? I think so. I think so. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty certain of that because... Um being able to jump from one voice to the next and being able to come up with the character repertoire that, you know, we've all kind of got voices in our head of some sort or the other. And the characters that we draw from are characters that we may have held on for a long time, or they could be characters that we suddenly just come up with. Now, we prep books before we read them. And with fiction, that's obviously really important. But there's always that character that even if you've prepped the book, that's like, you know, the orderly walked in. He doesn't even have a name, right? But you have to come up with a, with a voice yeah. for an orderly. And being able to do that on the fly and have the voice different than anybody else in the room, that, that's, that, that kind of spontaneous improvisation is something that I think did come from all of that before. Mm -hmm. That's not to say that you can't do that without the prior stuff that I've done, but I think that definitely helps. And it did make it a lot of fun. And I think you, I think your question's really good in that when I first started doing audiobooks and I came upon these different characters mm -hmm. and that's what I liked about the, the historical romances, the, the wagon train and the mail order bride stuff. They're, they're fun They're And I don't mean this in any other way than 
than a good way, but they're they're easy reads. They're yeah. they're com they're comforting. They're they're the hallmarks of the of the of the of the prairie. You know, they're yeah, yeah, they're yeah. just they're they're just really kind of they're fun reads. They're easy reads. The characters are believable. They're lovable, and um and they were just a great way to to cut my teeth, if you will, on on audiobooks. And I'm really glad I I did those first rather than like a science fiction book with a hundred different characters with made up names you can't even pronounce if you're reading them, let alone trying to pronounce them out loud. Because I've and I've I've actually kind of stayed away from science fiction because I've heard some horror stories of um I've done a couple, yeah. but um but um it's not it's not my forte. So yeah. had I had I gone right into nonfiction um without characters, I I may not have have liked it as much. So your your question's valid. It's a really good question. I think it was the characters that made me kind of fall in love with, with narration. Yeah, that's, I, I think that's really fascinating. It's certainly something, again, that I can relate on my own experiences, the, the bit that I most enjoy. And then also being able to, um, you know, get into books that you wouldn't necessarily read in your in your own time. And then you come right. away with like new favorite books or books you come away think, I had the blast reading that. And I would have never yeah. have gone near it. You know, it's not my typical genre. Um, yeah. in my own time yeah. it's that is um it's really good so uh recently uh you worked uh with audible studios on am i getting this right is it the least of us was that the project right yeah with the least audible of studios. Us. yeah yep. What, yep. what was that like working um you know with audible studios can you tell us a little bit more about that experience um, it was compared great to, you know independent authors and, and that sort of thing yeah it was it was it was great i really i enjoyed it there's just great people there um and you know nicest people that they walk you through all the steps that it takes to kind of onboard you into their, you know, repertoire, yeah. um, of, of narrators. Um, there's, there's a lot of kind of paperwork to do, if you will, the, for the payroll portion of it and so forth, but yeah. nothing that you can't handle. It took a couple of days worth of emails back and forth, things like that. Um, yeah. but it was great and, and really nice, um, really great people. A lot of the people that, they're working with now are working from home and home studios. Mm -hmm. um, the past couple of years has really proven that that can work. So they wanted to get a, like a studio sample, which was fine. Um, my yeah. studios, as you know, it can, can be quiet most of the time <laughs> if I record early morning, like I do yeah. um, later on in the day, it gets a little bit crazy, but um, yeah, early yeah. morning worked out great. This is when I record. So that was fine. And it was, it was a really good experience. And, and the author, Sam Quinones, um, uh, they wanted me to contact now, not every big publisher is like this, but audible um, encouraged me to contact, uh, the author um, to talk with them and to get some information about the book and especially about some pronunciations. There, there was a lot of um, uh, Spanish words in it, um, a lot of um, city places within Mexico, um, locations uh, in particular that that I needed to get the pronunciations for. And he was readily available for that. That's great. So people, um, I was looking through what people were saying, you know, the reviews and stuff, and people are loving it. He's got some fantastic reviews. Um, yeah, some fantastic yeah. things, and it just sort of me led me to um, wondering what your sort of relationship is like, like checking on reviews and sort of googling yourself, as it were. Uh, mm -hmm. And I just wondered what your sort of experience with that is, because some people are very, I won't look, I won't go near it. Um, yeah, usually through yeah. bad experiences, uh, right. and then other people just can't help uh, but take a peek. And I just wondered what your sort of thoughts and experiences were like with reviews, feedback from sort of audiences. I've been fortunate to to the bad reviews that I get I can I can usually dismiss as oh they just must not know what they're talking about. Yeah. I get I get some that just say, you know, that that they might say um 
oh, monotonous. And I'll listen back and I'll think, no, that's not right. Because the review before that said, boy, what a great varied voice he had. You know something? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and, yeah. and you also get reviews. It's like with anything else. It's like when you get a bad review for a toaster on Amazon because it arrived late. It's like that has yeah. nothing to do with the toaster. Um, yeah. So you get those types of things. I'm one of the people that actually I do read reviews. And and I, I like the ones that, that obviously are praising me. But some of them, um, I like the ones that just they, because they actually go into more detail. You know, um, he provided me with with the character depth that I was looking for and the way that he did this character. So the ones that actually provide a little bit more information are, are, mm -hmm. are more helpful, obviously, but you can't expect yeah. that from everybody. And quite frankly, a lot of times what reviews do, and I'm sure you've read your share of them as well, is they kind of give a synopsis of the book instead of a review of the book, which is kind of interesting. But yeah, I do, re I do read them. I don't read all of them. You know, it's gotten to the point now with... I don't know, 60, 60 or 70 titles out there um, that um, I, I, I don't really keep up, um, but it's they're, they're, they can be kind of fun. Some of the older titles I don't track anymore at all, but they're out there. Every once in a while, I'll just kind of go back and take take a look. Yeah. Know? Yeah. So. I was um, I was really eager right at the start when I first, you know, when my first few titles were up. And then that sort of taught me to really look squinting, and, you know, with covering mm -hmm. it like that, working up the courage yeah. to, uh, to go in. But the, uh, I think... Yeah, I'm a little bit sort of 50-50 with it because sometimes, you know, what they're saying can be really valid and it can sort of open your own eyes to, oh, I'm doing something wrong. Because if, you know, 10, 15 people are saying, I didn't understand what this character was saying or this, you know, this accent right. was really bad, then you think, okay, well, I need to work on it if it's a, you know, consensus look. And then you get some people who just seem to hate you you as a person rather than, than right, uh, right. anything, which is always a little bit off-putting. Well, I've heard um, you do an american standard accent that's fantastic oh thanks man it, it was i've had Just, to... i mean i was I, I was like wait a minute i thought he was british <laughs> what the heck i mean i i think you must have been on tiktok and i was like i was blown away it was really good oh thank you i, I do um yeah the majority of my my stuff i write in sort of general american or do a bit of sort of new york you know american um yeah and the uh, I, I had a review quite recently from a book I, I was doing two it was a dual narration, but I was voicing two main characters. One was American, one was British. And so I just used my own voice for that. And the, in one oh, of the wow. comments, the top comments were, um, his British accent's a bit wonky. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, oh, I thought I, That's you great. know, I went in cocky thinking I had that one down. <laughs> oh, man. Accents are, accents are kind of interesting, right? Because like, like I can, uh, and you've heard mine. It's just, it's, it's, it's just hit and miss. Like, I can, and, and it, and it just depends. Like I've, I had a book and it was before you started editing for me, but, um, there was uh, a book where I had to do a, um, a Jamaican accent. It was, it was a main character's best friend and he was in a few scenes and I, and I got it down, man. I, it was like, yeah. and I can't do it now cause I would have to go back and research yeah, yeah. it again and, and listen back to myself. But cause I always get people say, Oh, do it right now. I'm like, I can't, <laughs> you know, it took me, it took me a couple of weeks just to get it down. But, um, yeah. But I was able to do it, and then. Um, but there's other ones like, oh man, there's some French ones. And so what you do is, at least for me, what I do, and I tell people this, where they always ask about accents, is mm -hmm. that I give a flavor of the accent. I try not to do unless I can really nail it. I'll give a flavor of it, and that that goes for my British as well as a French, which I can really just you just ooh, that's really kind of weird. Irish isn't too bad, although a lot of things kind of for me kind of dovetail into Irish if I'm not careful. <laughs> there's like there's like this I'll start yeah. doing one and I can all of a sudden I'll start hearing Irish and I'll have to stop and I'll go wait a minute that's that's Irish that's not supposed to be that. So yeah. I have to catch myself a lot. But if if you do if you do a dusting if you do a flavor of the accent you're for me I think you're better off unless you can really nail it because. Mm -hmm. And like this, this current book that I'm doing, like the the Remy, the character of, of Remy, who's just kind of this got this kind of generic, 
kind of an Eastern um, European accent, this real generic, and I had to give her, she's a mystic, and I wanted to give her something that set her aside from the other characters, because the other characters, all the, the female characters, and there's quite a few of them in this book, they, they can sound the same if one's a little more breathy than the other, one's a little older, but otherwise yeah. I just want to give her something else. So that's that's a generic kind of a Eastern European accent, which nobody can put their finger on. It's not German, it's yeah, not, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Bulgarian, it's not whatever. So you just play around with them, you kind of have yeah. fun, and hopefully you're not offending anybody or whatever else. But there's cultural considerations nowadays too, right? So, yeah, you know, um, I've had books in the past and just in the past couple of years where they, they're, they're looking for... Um, um, they're looking for urban, you know, black male and, uh -huh. and that type of thing. And so you, you either have a choice of working with the author and is she sure you want that? Is she sure that's what you want? And you, they are, then you, you give it, you, you're full, you know, urban yeah. black male and you just hope for the best and hope that, you know, what, what you're doing is okay. And otherwise you, um, you give it a flavor of it or you, but you can't, you can't go against that. And like when there's, when it says that, um, I guess it was the last book that I was giving. Oh, it was an Indian accent. It was for, um, it was for Forsaken, and they they wanted an Indian accent. My you know Indian accent is is okay, but not not terrific. And but they said it was an Indian accent to the point where the the main character had trouble understanding it. So I had to give it enough of an accent. I couldn't be yeah. I couldn't just give it a flavor of an accent because no, yeah. the main character had trouble understanding it. So yeah, yeah. I had to I had to go and be true to the manuscript. And what we're forced to do sometimes is is do that. So you have to. You gotta do what you gotta do sometimes, you know. I think that's something that not many people may understand right off the bat is the amount of thought that goes into the performance, especially when it comes to, um, as you say, making sure that everything's sort of correct, as it were, and not offending mm -hmm. anybody. Because um, nobody wants to do that. Everyone wants to have a good time listening to it. Um, oh, yeah. And and then it, obviously you have to stay true to the source material and do what the author or the rights holder wants you to do as well. So it right. can be a little bit of a juggling act. Um, now this leads yeah. me to my sort of next question. Really, um, we have a lot of sort of um, you know new narrators listening into this, um, and one of the stages that I often see on like forums and things of uh, people asking the most about is the pre-production stage, the prep. Um, and I wanted to know your process of pre-production. What do you reach out? Do you reach out to the author? How much do you stay in contact with the author? What questions do you ask? That sort of thing. When you annotate a manuscript, obviously, other than underlining the characters, you know, the things that you need to do. Mm -hmm. Is there anything extra that you add to it? What? How much sort of prep time and 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 what sort of tasks do you put into that pre-production before you start recording? Right. So, you know, when it comes to working with independent authors and, and rights holders, uh, you, you do as much as you have time for. And mm -hmm. um, sometimes it's ongoing, you know. Um, so um, working with uh, working with the author. Now, somebody like Andrew Van Way, who did Blindsight and Forsaken, he gives me a full character Bible. I mean, you know, everything except maybe character sketches. You know, he, <laughs> he'll give me like pages of and just great notes yeah. the age and and their disposition and sometimes their history that he'll write in as a you know, background so mm -hmm. that type of thing is really helpful when it comes to getting into the character and not just trying to interpret the text from the manuscript but knowing the characters backwards and forwards so that's great um so that's really helpful you don't get that with everybody um the current book that i'm reading um i, I didn't get that but um Fortunately, a lot of the characters are from the previous two books as part of the series. Some of the newer characters in there, I'm just having to kind of, from the context of the manuscript, get a feel for who they are, where they're coming from, and um, make notes accordingly. So you have to write your own character Bible in that sense. And I use Evernote, and I make, I have a 
you know, different page for each one of the different notes for each one of the um, books that I do. And I create the character notes and I have to refer to them. And of course I keep, um, I keep a separate file for all of the, um, the voices too. So I can refer back to the voices, make sure that I get the voices as close as I can, uh, along the way. Mm -hmm. Um, now with this current book, one thing that, one of the things that I wish I would have done, and I have to keep stopping and starting when I'm doing my live TikToks and, and reminding myself and telling the TikTok live people that are watching that, um, boy, I really wish that I would have had some hired somebody to prep this for me because um, I didn't have time to do it. Well, I don't know. Maybe I had time to do it myself, but this would have been a great book to hire somebody. And mm -hmm. you can hire people to prep, prep the manuscripts for you. And, and it would have been as simple as going through and color coding the dialogue based upon who was speaking, because this is another book where you've got a lot of people talking in a room all the time. This is a dialogue-heavy book. It's just, yeah. it's, 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 a, it's a. I don't mean this in a bad way, but it's a slog. It is just taking forever to get through this thing, and it shouldn't because it's not, it's not an overly complicated book, it's, and it's not overly long. It's just, it's just so much dialogue. There's very, there's very little exposition. There's very little talking about the rooms, the settings, or anything. It's just people in a room talking, and. Um, which in a sense is kind of fun, um, but I really wish, but, but so, so here's the thing and here's a good mm -hmm. and answering your question, but also giving new narrators a little bit of a hint of what, what sometimes takes place and every time really, unless you color code um, dialogue and you can go through and spend days color coding dialogue or have somebody else do it for you. Mm -hmm. But um, so let's say that, let's say that the, the sentence is, you know, um, I'd like to have a bourbon and Coke and maybe throw some pretzels in there, Steve said. Well, now, Steve said is at the end of that line. So the dialogue tags at the end of that line. Now, if you're starting to read that, you're reading this, but in the meantime, your eyes are scanning ahead to see Steve said. So you have to, while you're reading, your eyes have to still scan ahead to say that you can't stop. See, So you actually are scanning while reading aloud. Yeah. Um, or you stop like I do quite often because the, the dialogue tag is hidden so far down that you end up having too long of a pause between the last sentence and the current sentence that you're reading that you have to stop. And that happens a lot. And that's why I'm explaining to my TikTok live audience that I have to stop again. And, and um, why do you stop so much? Well, because, you know, it's like, <laughs> because I've got, you know, 92 lines of dialogue with eight people in a room and I've got the dialogue tags hidden, the he said, she said, all the way down at the bottom. And I don't know, you know, when you've got two people in a room, you can pretty much guess that they're going to be going back and forth all the way down. No big deal. Three people, that gets more complicated. Six people, forget about it. So you do have to always scan ahead to see who's talking. Now, if things were color coded and you kind of get used to that color coding, like muscle memory, yellow is Steve, blue is Sarah, so forth then you can just go ahead and read as you go. That would have made this book so much easier. So as far as prep goes, that yeah. would have been one way to go. Prepping for nonfiction is a little bit different. Um, it's easier for me, prep for nonfiction, than it would be for this. Then it's just a matter of really going through and making sure you get the pronunciation right of yeah. all of the words that are in there. Because, again, names, places, I don't want to say it's easier. Boy, Driven was a real interesting book to to do. That one had a lot of... And that one came back, as you know, with yeah, yeah. with the names of people um, that I didn't realize were going to be so difficult to pronounce, just as friends in the industry and yeah. um, place names and restaurant names and things like that. Boy, that took forever to get right. It finally did. But <laughs> it was a good book, though. It's really enjoyable to. Uh, I really Thanks. enjoyed listening to that. Good, um, good. That was really good. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, so that's um, that's out there too. But boy, and we had a few just kind of launched all at once, and Forsaken should be out in the next few days here. So, yeah, yeah. Got some exciting things coming out. 
Yeah, finally. You know, we kind of went through a period there where it was just a lot of reading and nothing coming, nothing launching. Now all of a sudden <laughs> things are launching. So that's a good thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go back to talking about TikTok a little bit, if that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so this sure. podcast is uh, sponsored by Pro Audio Voices uh, Audiobook Marketing Program, um, a program offering education and support for authors on their uh, quest to get their content in front of as many relevant eyes and ears as possible uh, and mastering their brand marketing. Um, now, I know that you are very active on TikTok uh, and have been this past year uh, and are getting a lot of engagement. Uh, and I would love to know uh, what is it about TikTok that attracts you to that platform specifically? And have you noticed an effect on uh, on your business after a loading consistently on TikTok? So to answer the first part of that, mm-hmm. um, I think it was just about a year ago that I started thinking about creating videos for YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, just just kind of videos to help new people in, you know, um, audiobook narration and voiceover. And in fact, I bought a blue screen and I was, I was looking into um, um, doing it with um, webcams or another camera or whatever. And my daughter um, was on TikTok, and I started looking at that, and I downloaded the app, and I never thought that I was going to use it for anything else. And I think even a year ago, there were fewer older people on TikTok, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and as <laughs> as the year went on, you know, much to the chagrin of the of the nineteen year olds out there, um, <laughs> um, the the older people are are there, man. And um, but you know, you can you can keep on flipping past us if you want to. Um, which is fine. Um, but, uh, I think, I think there's some wisdom and some knowledge out there. Um, and I, and that's kind of what I was seeing. And, and also I just started seeing some audiobook narrators out there as well. So I was like, Oh, this is cool. People like Natalie Nottis, who at the time I think had 8,000 followers and now she's got 112,000 followers, you know, which it just blows my mind. Not, not that I don't believe it because I think she's great, but um, I think it's just fantastic. And it speaks to Mm -hmm. the fact that, yeah, you can do this. And, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and so I'm, I'm getting up to, I'll think I'll probably have 10,000 thousand within you know the next few weeks and um that's that's something that's pretty cool in fact there's a there's an audio there's a voiceover service that i'm going to approach i'm not going to mention it now but i'm going to approach when i get to ten thousand about maybe sponsoring um so that i can get that service for a little bit less money than i'm paying for on a regular basis um i, I with ten thousand it's not much because ten thousand is isn't isn't much in the tiktok world but it's a good round number um uh so you know i thought i'd give it a shot i think so it's, i think the audience as well with it being very specific with audiobook narration and people who are interested in audiobooks mm-hmm. i think it counts more though rather than you know because you can get quite vague channels um right. which can have like a million but they won't have like very many sort of um, their rate of re- return might not be as high. That's true. That's um, true. You know, when you start, you start talking yeah. about the niche, niche audiences. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. And so, and I do, you know, primarily audiobook narration, but it's a lot of voiceover stuff too. And I'll mm-hmm. do, I'll do live um, Q and A's. That um, so, in addition to the mornings, I do like Monday through Fridays. I'll do mornings, and this is Pacific time here mm-hmm. in California, but it's like six fifteen a.m., which is tough because. But I'm trying to do it early so that I can record without a lot of noise. Um, but uh, and I record. I start earlier than that to record, but then I also record live on TikTok six fifteen to about seven. That's when I start my day job. But yeah. um, and that's kind of neat. You know, I'll have anywhere between. It starts off and you get fifty people, and it narrows down to you know four by the end of the time you're reading. Three of which are probably asleep by then. Um, but that's <laughs> that's okay because you know my, yeah. I've heard my voice is very soothing. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. if they want to sleep, it's great. I'll just I'll just read quietly, and let them sleep. <laughs> um, 
but um, I don't mind. It's whatever's out there. And I've got I've got some moderators now, which is great because I can't I can't read and have this going on over here with the camera facing me and the comments that start flowing, especially in the first ten or fifteen minutes, can be distracting and sometimes not appropriate. So I've got yeah. moderators there that are awesome now, and they just mute people that are inappropriate. And then I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah. this is so cool. And they don't they just show up and they just moderate. And every time they show up, they're a moderator automatically. So I'm like, this is great. But um. So that was the first part of the question. Is it um, that I think I answered? What was the second part of your question again? So, uh, <laughs> it was: uh, Have you uh, noticed uh, an effect on sort of the business? Oh, your, the business. Yeah. yeah. Um, after. Yeah, I mean, consistently. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If, especially in my consulting part of it, you know, because I'm always telling people that people are coming up with questions when you do the the Q and A for voiceover and audio, but Q and A, and that's that's live, you know, and. Um, I get a lot of people that are that are really interested, and I go, well, I know that you're interested because you'll look me up and you in my link tree in my profile on TikTok, mm -hmm. and you'll you'll find a way to shoot me an, an email message because I'm old and email works for me, <laughs> and I don't know of any other way of doing this because you can't, you know, how could you communicate live on TikTok, right? So yeah, you know, find you know, find my email and send me an email, and they will, and they'll, and interestingly enough, these are people that are in their 20s and 30s, and they're trying to find something else to do or they're trying to do something in addition to what they're doing and and they don't mind spending the $45 for a 30 minute consultation yeah. um, uh, or the 85 for an hour which I just had somebody do the other day and this guy um, was no older than my oldest son but he but he wanted to to spend the money for an hour and I gave it to him and we had a blast we took a deep dive into ACX to see what was out there and to see what mm -hmm. audiobook narration was all about so those types of things are great and that's just keeps on going i mean it's it's a couple of week now consultations when before it was a couple of month and that's just from going a couple nights a week um doing some q a's on tiktok live so yeah. that that's really kind of nice and it's fun and i'm helping the community i'm not doing it just to drum up business i and i yeah. don't i don't come out and say hey by the way i've got a consulting business mm -hmm. i just all i do is present information and when somebody says how do i find out more information i go just email me you know, yeah. and and by the way, if I can if I can answer their question without touting my consultation, I will. If they're just looking for, send me that link to that Facebook group that you mentioned. I will, um, and I leave it like that. Um, but if yeah. they want more, if they want more information, I give it to them. And yeah. I said, hey, you know, check out my website and look at my consultation stuff. So I think the things yeah. that I've noticed uh, from your TikTok is it is so sort of real and genuine. And obviously, you you know what you you're on about anyway. But it, it's really obvious that you know what you're talking about. And I think it's such a, a valuable resource for people, especially at the live reads and things. Um, it can mm. be really you know if you if you're starting out and maybe a little bit sort of shy or don't really know if you're sort of doing it right, especially because there's not that much right. coverage of people narrating audiobooks obviously you can go listen to an audiobook but there's not not that much coverage out there um yeah. of people of the process of doing it um and i think for people to see that is, is really really helpful um for myself well, thanks included. Yeah. Um, oh good thanks yeah there's there's and there's and i've seen your you do your live reads as well which, is, which are great there's there's hardly any any males doing the live reads there's a lot of females and there's there's very few people like me that make as many mistakes as i do doing live reads. so that's really i think that's really helpful for the newbies to be able to see people yeah. like myself that that make mistakes all the time now you mm -hmm. can you could watch the the other the female narrators that can read paragraph after, after paragraph without any errors whatsoever and yeah. what are you learning from that for crying out loud you know you need to you need to learn that there's there's mistakes to be made out there and doggone it tom's gonna make them so yeah um plus bloopers are fun right yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Mm -hmm. absolutely. I think I was watching, um, I was watching Andy Circus read. He sort of filmed himself yeah. reading The Hobbit 
and that guy. Is oh just, yeah, that he's just second to none. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, mm. yeah, and and the people that can do the the tough things like the rooms filled with eight people mm. and do it without error after a couple of paragraphs. I'm like, what is that? Yeah. How does that work? Um, but you know. Um, Again, getting back to the education portion of it, getting back to mm. there's nothing wrong with showing people what punch and roll is all about. Like, how mm. do you stop and how do you correct that error? And, and why did I stop? And there's a lot of that that I do on the TikTok lives. And I think there is value to that. Like, yeah. I, and, I, and, and I happen to just I've gotten in the habit now of, of speaking through it. Like, I'll say, you know, oh, I just said and instead of at. And so and, mm -hmm. and I just. I say that as I'm going back and moving the cursor back and re-recording it. Yeah. Um, or I'll say stepped off the porch and stepped off of the porch, you know, things like that. So I'll, yeah. I'll let people know my mistake as I go. And that's just, just kind of coming out now as I'm, it's just my inner dialogue, you know, but it's coming out and people understand what's going on. So they kind of get the feel, oh, that's why he's going back and redoing that. And it's just that little tiny mistake. And I'll say, yeah, because you want to be true to the manuscript as possible. Mm -hmm. So otherwise my editor's going to get after me and I can't, I can't have that happen. So, yeah. <laughs> I think, I think it's really nice as well to know that the, um, because you know, you have so many people messaging you with their interest uh, of starting this venture of going into yeah. voiceover or going into audio narration. I think it's quite nice to have that excitement around it. Um, and yeah. for pushing that and making it more of a, you know, because if 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 there's more people interested in narrating them, there's going to be more people interested in listening to them. We're going to be, you know, banging on to authors saying, get your audiobook made, get this out into audiobook, you know, even more, right. and grow right. that industry. Um, I think so too. Yeah, and there's there's authors that I follow on TikTok as well, and authors follow me, you know, and mm -hmm. I think that this, it is, it's it's getting that out there and letting people know that it's there's there's a whole new way to market your craft and yeah um, so it's a good thing for yeah sure. absolutely now one and of the fun sorry go on yeah yeah <laughs> i was just gonna say it's fun so. yeah i think that's a, i meant to say this earlier actually as well it's another uh, thing that i noticed from um your uh, your tiktok account is that you make it look so fun and enjoyable um and i think that's, that's probably good. um why so many people are, are wanting to do it is because it looks like you're having a blast even the difficult bits you know even talking about the challenges it looks like it's worth it <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which i think yeah. sometimes a little bit difficult to get when you're on your own <laughs> it is it is and i'm not i'm 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 trying not to just i i don't get angry when i'm reading and make a mistake either most of the time i laugh it off which i think is a helpful thing too because even mm. even when you're under the gun it just for a deadline or whatever you know that you could work with the author most of the time to push the deadline back a few days just to get things yeah. done so it's no big deal you gotta you gotta have fun with it because if you're not yeah. then you're probably not in the right field you know this is um i hadn't prepared this but just just sort of my own interest because audiobook narration is quite a solitary um you know you're sort of confined um for long periods of time and stuff and i know that um, you have a writer's job as well uh, during the day but mm -hmm. I just sort of wondered is how do you kind of cope with that working from home, working sort of isolated for long periods of time? Do you cope well with that? Do you like being on your own for long periods of time? Um, or can you get a little yeah, bit of cabin fever sometimes? No, not really. I mean, you know, the, the audiobook narration early mornings works out fine for me. Um, mm -hmm. The rest of the family is is asleep. Um, uh, and that's that's fine that I... Um, I start my day job around seven. Um, I've got an hour of that up here in my office slash editing bay, part of my studio. Um, and then um, 
Then I bring my wife coffee downstairs. Um, she works from home three days a week and goes in two days a week to her office. So my dogs are downstairs, and my, my 96-year-old dad lives with us. So he's downstairs, and yeah. I've got a, a teenage boy who's a senior in high school that goes off to school, but otherwise, you know, is, and he'll be going to to university next next uh, next fall. But so things are still lively around the house. You know, I've got I've got things happening. Um, if I was if I was living alone and um, this was all that I'd be doing, I'd probably be going outside or going to a coffee shop and, you know, getting out and doing that type of thing as well. There, it helps to have um, to have Zoom meetings, you know, to have interaction with people like yourself to yeah. to be able to. There, there's ways of getting around it. I think that I think that COVID played a number on us, you know, um, yeah. for getting out and doing those types of things and, and the inability to to get out of the house if you were on your own. Yeah. Um, and and socialize and to do that type of thing, unfortunately, was was a couple couple tough years there for people. But hopefully, we're we're starting to move away from that and and to be able to to see to see brighter future. But um, yeah, I, I still think I don't I don't feel that isolation. My my hours alone are more of a happy solitary um, time rather than a rather than a, any kind of a loneliness. So that's that's not a that's not a bad thing. Plus, yeah. I've got all these voices in my head that seem to keep me uh, keep me occupied and yeah, you know. So that's that a, helps. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I just, um, I've, I live in a, a tiny little village. Um, so, you know, it's, it's not um, unusual for me to, you know, even go for a walk for an hour and a half and not see anybody at all. Like, it's, it's oh, that wow. sort of wow. quiet, um, this sort of, sort of petrol station right at the edge and that's it. There's no other shop or anything like that. Um, oh, wow. And then I only live with my uh, my partner, Jess, and she's working all the time. She's a teacher and doing great things there. Yeah. So the, I can sometimes at the end of the day, be sort of my voice can be sort of getting to the weary stage and I've been narrating for so long I've been doing other things and then I've realized that I've spoken to nobody at all oh <laughs> wow yeah, yeah. you've quite... spoken to a microphone all yeah. day long yeah yeah it's uh it can be a little bit strange I wonder sometimes if uh you know if my neighbors are looking back at me wondering why I'm staring out the window so much so right longing right. for life yeah well next time that happens give me a call i mean we're eight hours apart but you can always talk to me so you know don't don't let it get to the point where you're starting to go stir crazy so it's okay it's all right yeah thank you i appreciate that um, yeah, sure. so talking about that one of the most joyous things about being a narrator is of course the narrator community uh and mm -hmm. being able to meet so many uh lovely talented people either through dual narration jobs chat rooms facebook groups twitter and you know the rest of it um so sometimes when a narrator is just starting out these places Places can often look a little intimidating or even just hard to find. Have you any advice about how one could become more involved within the narrator community? Have you got any sort of go-to places when wanting to converse with the gang, as it were? Yeah, I mean, you know, um, love it or hate it, Facebook groups for narration and for voiceover um, are wonderful. And um, mm. you may not want to join Facebook for any other reason, and you don't have to for any other reason. You don't have to put <laughs> anything personal on there at all. Join it for, for your for your business, for your voiceover or your audiobook narration business. Um, and join early on. Uh, if you're new to this or thinking about getting into it, join and, um, and create a profile. Um, and, um, and do it because the people that you're going to meet in your early days as a narrator or a voice actor, and you can have a foot in both worlds, by the way, you don't have to just choose. Mm -hmm. um, that's what I do. So, um, you can, these are the people that are going to work along with you for forever. These are the people that are going to become your mentors. They're going to, they're going to be the people that, that you meet at conferences that you all of a sudden start seeing their faces when you go to workshops. And, and, um, and by the way, the, the community is small to the point where, um, 
you go to ACX Narrators Group on Facebook, and um, Johnny Heller's there, and Scott Brick is there, and Sean Pratt is there, and that's just the males of the group, let alone all the females that are famous that are on there. Andy yeah, Arndt and the top guys, you know, and, yeah. right? I mean, so you're you're basically talking to the Dustin Hoffmans and, and, and Robert <laughs> and Robert De Niro's yeah, yeah. of the voiceover inter, uh, industry. These are the people that are answering your questions. The Bob Bergens, the Porky Pig, the guy that does Porky Pig. I mean, these yeah. are the people answering questions for you when you just come up with, "Hey, I've got this new microphone. I'm trying to do this and this," and all of a sudden, like Scott Brick will answer your question. It's like Dustin Hoffman answering a basic question. About acting yeah. for you, um, it's pretty darn amazing. And these are people that are the royalty of voice acting, and they're mm-hmm. and they're there and they're accessible for you. So that's why you want to join. And then they're not there to sell their wares. I mean, yeah, they they do great coaching, and they're all pretty affordable considering what you're getting. But they're not there to do that. They're there to help. And everybody is so helpful. And and you know this, John. It's it's such a great community. I think there's there's. You know, there's something real special about the voiceover community and audiobook narrators. They're, they're, we're, we're not, it's not a dog-eat-dog. Dog. Mm-hmm. There's competition, but it's not competition with each other. It's mm-hmm. like if you get hired for a gig and I don't, it's not because you've got a better voice or anything. It's because the, the, the person that did the hiring has got a certain voice in their head and you just happen to match it. Like you might do a better American accent than I do, you know. For instance, yeah, so it's very, very, very possible. <laughs> Not sure um, about that. But <laughs> well, my my American accent's wonky. I've been told this before. So, really? um, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you being told your British accent. Yeah, wonky. yeah. Um, uh, no, but I'm just saying it. You never know what the, what the person's voice is in their mind that they're trying to cast for, and and that you just can't take that personally. So, in other words, we're not competing against each other. It's um, so therefore. Mm-hmm. The egos are kind of, everybody's got an ego at some point, but that's not what it's all about. So you find people that are trying to give you a leg up. They're always trying to help you out. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what you find. And you find you, you don't just have one mentor. You've got a dozen mentors. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe with one in particular that's going to help you with the software portion of it, like how to work with your digital audio workstation, your DAW, and get, get, get working on that. And somebody else that's going to help you with auditions. And mm-hmm. so it's just great. And those those types of groups, I don't know exist anywhere else it used to be you could go to places like edge studios and they had the feedback forum and stuff which i don't think exists anymore so i might be wrong you can correct me on that or leave a comment um but so there's 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 a real there's a real benefit to that um so like i said love it or hate it facebook has a value and i think it's within the groups right now more than anything else and and the groups that that are that pertain to voiceover and audiobook narration are really good place to start I think there's, I think it's a really great point that you made as well. There's not many industries that you could have access to the top people um, just to answer your basic questions. I mean, that's pretty. Right. It's pretty special. Um, yeah, and these same people hold workshops and they will hold business yeah. workshops and whatever. And for three hundred and seventy-five bucks or four hundred and twenty-five dollars or whatever that might equate to in your in your currency, um, yeah. it's they're they're. Uh, God, they're like either a whole day or sometimes over the course of a weekend, you've got you're surrounded by okay, you've got these the the peers, mm-hmm. you've got publishers that are there that you can talk to and do breakout sessions with. You've got um, an evening social hour that you can have drinks with people and network mm-hmm. with people and learn from them. And then these are the, again, these are the same people. This is your community all of a sudden, right? So these are the same people that you're going to meet in conferences and everywhere else along the way. And there are the people that are going to end up being your coaches and your mentors. And um, it's a tight-knit community. It's fun. And thank goodness that there are so many good people in it because um, with a tight-knit community, you want the people that you're with to be nice and mm-hmm. kind yeah. and generous. And that's what I found. So Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, I think it's just great. You went over to, um, is it Atlanta? 
Was that mm-hmm. right? You went. It was that. What was that experience like? Yeah, I went to went it? to VoiceOver Atlanta. Um, I haven't done that for a couple of years because they held uh, they they missed it one year when COVID first started in 2020. 2021, they did it virtual. Right. And I I, I spoke there. I did a. Um, yeah. I was on. I was one of the presenters in 2021, but that was a virtual thing, so it wasn't yeah. quite the same experience. They held it again this year. I did not go. Um, I just. Yeah. It seemed it's going to be the last one they're holding this year because um, uh, Gerald, the uh, organizer of it, is not going to hold it anymore. Right, um, okay. So, and I just didn't go this year. But it was great to present. It was, yeah. it was, you know, even even though it was virtual, and and I did go twice when it was in Atlanta. It was great. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got um, you've got a hotel filled with eight hundred voiceover professionals and audiobook wow. narrators, and he said we occupied the entire hotel. You had you had. Narrators, voiceover actors, and some people, uh, and some pilots, and and um, you know, uh, that's about it. You know, so it was yeah. just everybody. Everybody <laughs> in the elevator was wearing a tag, and they were voiceover artists. So talk about networking opportunities, and, yeah. and publishers were there too. Like I said, so yeah. you got an opportunity to hobnob with some of the best, and people that were casting directors were there. So you know, talk about great opportunities in the social hour opportunities. But again, you weren't there to sell yourself, but it was the opportunities were there. And the opportunities to learn the the sessions were were great. So yeah. I did that. I did I did World Voices um, conference. Um, my wife and I went to the Independent Audiobook Awards in uh, in Kansas City, and that was great. That was in June, a couple of years back in 2019. Um, went to the Johnny Heller's workshop in New England uh, this past October. Um, did that too. So there's there's opportunities to mm. travel around and to, and again these people that you're seeing there are like oh my gosh I haven't seen you since Facebook or I haven't seen you since you know yeah. since the last conference we were at or whatever. So yeah, yeah, yeah. looking forward to doing more of those now that now that things are opening up again. Um, yeah. So it's a great opportunity to do that. So once you start and you start getting into the business more and you can you can establish yourself as a business and you can you can write off these trips too those as a tax write off. It's kind of nice to be able to you know really make a business out of it it's kind of a nice yeah. thing so yeah, yeah absolutely i'd love to i'd love to um to come over and and, and do a few of those workshops um i was looking yeah. at one you know the um johnny heather and sean pratt's um do, yep. they do the double ones don't they um yep, yep. the non-fiction and fiction um over like yeah. a weekend or something i was yeah. yeah i'd love to go um come over and do one of those we was i think the closest one the closest thing i've ever been to was just a little meetup that we had in manchester um mm-hmm. the sort of england in uh, in here in the uk and uh, there was it was advertised like everyone face, but you know the whole group, the UK's yeah. voiceover and audiobook narration group, and there were six of us that turned up. Oh um, boy, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I mean, really great people. I mean, there was yeah. um, uh, there was a lady who was uh, working for uh, she she had sort of like an ongoing um, sort of role in Grand Theft Auto Online, which they oh, record okay. in Leeds, um, which is now where I live, which is which was pretty uh, interesting. Oh, that's um, cool. Yeah, there's there's some really nice people and, and um, interesting, you know, people who worked on some interesting things there. But it was just the, you know, it was just a little bit disheartening because there isn't that number there. There isn't that amount right. of people, you know. And it um, and it yeah. costs a lot to to fly over here for you and stuff like that. It's not it's not cheap to do. It's to be the same price yeah. to fly over there. But um, yeah, you know, it's uh, but if you can if you can save up and do one a year or something like that, it's mm-hmm. great. And and you could you know once you're once you're over here, you can stay over here for a few days and. 
you know, see what, yeah. see the sites or whatever. So you choose a city that's that's hosting it. If it's New York City or Boston or someplace like that, that's got a lot of L.A. or wherever you feel like going, because mm-hmm. they they're holding them all over the place now. And and Johnny now that now that they're starting to do them more, even Johnny Heller was saying that they're going to really start populating them around. And they're doing one in yeah. Florida. They're doing one in Chicago. So yeah. you can kind of pick and choose and save up. And unfortunately, they didn't give us a lot of notice on the on, the, on these two because they just they're trying to ramp it up. And so yeah. they're like, oh, we're going to have one in April and one here. And it's like, well, I can't quite make those. But um, yeah. but they'll I be think, coming around. So. I think it's um, I think it's Andy. Uh, is it Andy Arnett? Is that her last name? Andy Arnett. Yeah, Andy Arnett. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I believe that she's um, in that sort of crowd. You know, in that coaching crowd as well. And she's from. Mm-hmm. She's based in the UK, I believe. Um, oh, okay. So I'm hoping that okay. she drags them all over and we can do. <laughs> can, oh yeah, yeah, for sure. That'd be really yeah, nice. that'd be great. Yeah, it would be great if they had some bigger ones over there too. I mean, mm. that would be an opportunity for my wife and I to fly over to across the pond to to where yeah. you are that would be great because she's always looking for an opportunity to go over there too so yeah 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 that'd be great so yeah. that yeah there's 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 a lot of ways to interact and to do that stuff and um any chance you get really and and whatever however however you can save your money to do so yeah that's it that's it and now yep. that things are opening up again and uh, you know it's a little bit easier for international travel it's definitely on the list um, yeah. yeah but yeah and now unfortunately we are sort of coming close to uh to uh an end here um i just wanted to end um obviously thank you so much um for uh, donating your time to us for oh us yeah today. for sure thank you um, it's been great i just wanted to end on asking you um about the future what does the future hold for you are you any exciting projects coming up that you're looking forward to and what can we look forward to coming out from you oh man um I've got books now lined up through August, so um, you'll be glad to know, probably. <laughs> so just just one after the other, um, yeah. And uh, a lot of good ones. Another one from Andrew Van Way coming up, which is a, a sequel nice. to um, to Blind Sight, um, and uh, it's kind of interesting. Forsaken, which was the last one that I did, was actually yeah. a prequel. So yeah, so we're gonna do another one. Um, uh, whatever else is coming up, I just signed up with a couple other publishers that are kind of new platforms that are. Nice. Um, that are throwing things out there with new auditions. There's another audition I was just sent yesterday, so mm-hmm. I don't have time for it necessarily between my day job and the other audiobooks that I've already in, got in line, but yeah. I love the idea of kind of doing them, um, so I'll see. It might be that I, I don't like to double up jobs, as you know, because it's it's just too much. I like to yeah. do them very linear mm-hmm. fashion, um, but uh, who knows, man? I might get crazy and, and try to do two at once. We'll see what happens. I don't want to overload anybody, including myself. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, we'll see. But um, yeah. I just, I'm just excited, you know. And the fact that the the bigger publishers are starting to awaken to, um, you know, to who I'm at, to uh, who I am out there is great too. And yeah. that, you know. Um, that could lead to bigger and better things as well. It seems like once that ball gets rolling, it, it seems to seems to keep on propagating. So that's great. Yeah, um, absolutely. But you know, uh, if that happens, great. If not, I've got a lot of great independent folks that I'm working with, and those series just keep going, and I keep getting work from them. So hmm. um, I'm happy. I'm doing. I'm doing what I want to do, man. I'm. I'm. I'm rolling with it every single day, and like I tell everybody, you know, I love I love audiobook narration. I'm every single day I'm building an audiobook, you know, that's going to be yeah. out there until the sun blows up. Um, yeah. So I I like that. It's part of what I do, and it's part of my passion, and I'm really fortunate to be able to do all that. So 
That's awesome, man. So it's it's really inspiring to be honest. Just the whole like mindset and outlook, because I think it's so easy to get a little bit bogged down and stressed if you know if you've got deadlines and things are coming up, and maybe it's not hasn't been like a smooth road recording wise. You can sort of right. lose that. You can lose why you're doing it and why you enjoyed it in the first place. That idea of t- um, of storytelling, um, mm-hmm. which reminds me as well. Another message that I saw in your account was just tell the story. Just keep. Just that's the most important yeah. thing. I think that's yeah. um, you know you sort of need it printed out over the. Over the walls of your I do. I've, I've got it written down and it's pasted to my monitor. There, just tell the story because it's too easy yeah. to get involved with, with saying the words instead of telling the story. So I had to. Yeah. Finally, after what five years of narrating, I finally got around to writing that down and making making it make sense for me. I think it's made yeah. me a better narrator. Hopefully. I think you so. need. I think you need merch when you hit ten thousand. Release mm-hmm. t-shirts and you can have it. I think you're right. I think yeah. you're right. Yeah, I'll get you a free t-shirt. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> At least. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so thank you so much for um joining us and uh, Oh John, yeah, yeah, thank you. It's been great. Wonderful. Uh yeah, I hope you've enjoyed it. And uh, have you would you like to mention a few of your you know, your TikTok username and any sort of information that you want people to go check out? Sure. And follow? Um yeah, it's uh Tom underscore voiceover. So at Tom underscore voiceover on TikTok. Um you can find me my website is tomvoiceover.com everything's on there so between those two things um that'd be great yeah look me up i'll put the uh, i'll put the links in the show notes as well oh perfect um, good Good deal so people can do it also thanks very much thanks john thank you so much for listening to this episode of the audiobook club this episode was sponsored by pro audio voices If you have a story you want to bring to life, head over to ProAudioVoices.com to get in touch with industry professionals that can take care of every step of production, as well as offer support and guidance with marketing, growing your brand, and boosting your sales. Once again, that's ProAudioVoices.com. Thanks for listening.